Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 47 of the NTS podcast. Uh, we're lucky to be joined by Foxdrop on this episode. Um, and we almost, just before recording, just got into a, a bit of a heated debate. And it was something I was just going to... I did want to just preface it before we started, because it's just a bit of a touchy subject. Something, and maybe Tom, um, cover your ears for a second. I, I'm i not a fan of tea. So if we could... We'll get it out of the way, because I know you're obviously like a, a proud Brit and everything. So just in case... I don't want to get like halfway through the episode, and then it come out, and then you kick off and leave or something. So... I thought, Kill yeah, I just, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to put it out there. Suppose. You know, you have to get over it if, if you want to. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So what types of tea do you dislike? Have you, how many types of tea have you tried? Because there's, there's, tea, <laughs> so tea is question. omnipresent. All right. So if we, English breakfast being like the obvious English one here. Breakfast. Not a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a fan. Not a fan. And, okay. It's great for the mornings though. It's, it's, a, it's the, <laughs> the perfect morning tea. Do you um, like coffee? Like, like, I like coffee, like, yeah. You like, so, okay, so it's not the caffeine. No, I just don't like the taste. So like, I've had like chamomile tea and I don't mind it that much, but like, I've never choose to drink it. If someone was, if I was offered a drink, I would never yeah. ask for it. Some like honey and lemon ones are a bit more like, I don't know, just for a bit. So, I, what's, the, what's the supreme tea then? Because I always think it's a Yorkshire tea. I love Yorkshire yeah. tea. Yeah, yeah. So, I have a, uh, I drink fair trade because it's, you know. Mm-hmm. I do enough bad shit in my life that yeah, <laughs> that just helps the conscience a little mm-hmm. bit. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I've got loads of different types of tea downstairs. And I'll be honest, like they're not all that nice. Some of them do taste kind of dirty, you know, like, like literally like dirt, <laughs> not like dirty <laughs> as in, you know, <laughs> like genuinely kind of like dirt, but um no, I don't, I don't know. I, I honestly think it's not so much the taste, but more like what it means to have a nice cup of tea. Like I'm chilled out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm I'm just I'm having a great time. It's like when I when I went up to Leicester to cast as well. When I was doing the uh, uh, the UK scene back then, what was it called? Uh, ESL Prem. ESL Prem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was doing ESL Prem, I'd always I always bring some of my tea bags up there, and it was like <laughs> right before. <laughs> Right before the cast goes, like, I nip into the into the kitchen in the studio, and I I you know boil myself a cup of tea. They actually, had a, they had a tap right, which was just instant boiled water. Like, that was, yeah, I was mad. I'd never <laughs> seen anything like that. But anyway, I'd have a cup of tea. And it's like that's great, you know. I'm 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 here doing whatever, but more importantly, I've got my cup of tea. It's like it's it's just it's just brilliant. You just can't go wrong with that. And like when I'm streaming, sit down and start stream. It's like I've got my cup of tea, like excellent. Chucking a few rich tea biscuits here and there, and you just that's that's what it's about, you know. That's what it's right, about. If, so. if tea was a a clang, I'll I'll have another one. Rich teas okay. are my least favorite biscuit by far. What the hell <laughs> is wrong with Which you? Which I think might be linked <laughs> to just not. I I think it might be linked to just not liking tea because I'm pretty sure that's it's literally in the name that. You know, you drink it with. Yeah, tea. that's true. And yeah, um, they're great by themselves anyway. Okay, okay. So what? So 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 where custard creams, bourbons? Oh, where do you land? Basically, every other every other biscuit, I love every other biscuit. Okay. I just really don't. I think rich teas are just so bland, and I, I can't. I can never imagine choosing a rich stop, tea over. Stop digging anything yourself else. a hole here. Stop digging <laughs> yourself. A, like, I I have rich tea with any anything. I think they're just great. I think they're, they're so yeah. easily snackable as well. I think they're yeah. just brilliant. I, I, that's that's the thing as well. I think as I've as I've gotten older, 
I mean, I'm 27. I'm not like ancient, but I'm getting there. To be fair, in esports term, yeah, <laughs> I'm dust. I'm yeah. Oof. Um, I think you know, I when I was younger, I used to like the sweeter stuff. But now, as I'm getting older, I prefer, prefer more bitter stuff. And I can't, I can't binge eat things like chocolate or sweets or crisps. Uh, it just does me in. So I, but rich tea is something. I mean, to be fair, it doesn't mean anyway, but it's something I can tolerate to, <laughs> to to binge a bit more because it's not too sweet, it's not too whatever, it's just nice and chill, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's maybe I'm just very basic, you know. <laughs> so right. everything is taste of stuff. It's subjective, isn't it? We've got different taste buds. Just it is subjective, but you are also objectively <laughs> objectively wrong. So I, I, there's you a bit are, of both guys, in there. I don't even think we need to talk about League of Legends or anything. Like that. We'll just go into everything British. <laughs> another like... tier list episode of biscuits. Ooh, mate. I think my top who... one would even be a bit controversial as well. Actually, was it Munch who did the tier list of biscuits or a tier list or something? <laughs> and yeah, I, I believe wanted, it. Uh, I was gonna knock the knock his door down. I don't know what it was, but. <laughs> I was not happy. It's gotta be. <laughs> I I love a chocolate digestive. It's so I I think chocolate digestive is like S tier. Yeah. It is the what should have been BTXL in, of a tier list in terms of tier list rankings. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Let's. Um... What, what's? Oh yeah. Sorry. I'll, I'll wrap. I'll wrap up the biscuit <laughs> biscuit conversation here. Just saying digestives. Okay. Not a huge fan by themselves, but great ingredient. So if you're ever making any kind of biscuit base thing, um, <laughs> my dad does a great, yeah, yeah. My girlfriend does a great cheesecake that's digestives and that is Poggy's AF. And then my dad does a, uh, like a Rocky Road thing. So it's like you know, oh. chocolate on the top mm-hmm. and the biscuit bottom. Digestives are where it's at for that. I'll just say that. I like them for Duncan as well. In my coffee, not me in my tea. Yeah, not in your yeah, tea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on before it gets heated again. Um, so, um, thanks for joining us, obviously. And um, for for anyone that hasn't seen an episode before, what we usually do if we've got someone on that's not been on before, we just do like a bit of an interview, kind of bit at, at the start. Just you know, for anyone that somehow doesn't know who you are, they can kind of get in a bit of an intro and and um, yeah, know how you came to be the LEC Carter that you are today. Um, now, with yourself, obviously, you kind of started out like with with YouTube mainly, right? Um, and been doing that for quite a while. So, what was kind of I don't have to word it like you started YouTube in like 2012, I think. When I well, when I I went to your channel, which went oldest to newest. So I presume that's yeah. kind of when it more or less started. <laughs> yeah. um, and by that stage, because like when when you hear like semi well like famous youtubers and successful youtubers you hit they were saying like you know i just did it for fun and i never thought i'd be here where i am today but then like starting in 2012 by that time there were proper youtubers and it was like a you know a thing people you could go into it trying to be a youtuber at that stage was that when you started did you ever have kind of have that thought that you that no. maybe you were aiming <laughs> for that or not at all my 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 aspirations for youtube was purely like yeah, I'm playing a lot of League of Legends. I got good at League of Legends. And I just thought, screw it. I'll just make some videos and just for the fun of it. And yeah, so I'm 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 I fit precisely into your your first description there of you just start it up, have fun, and then things go, then they keep going, and then they keep going, and then before you know it, you know, you're just you're a YouTuber, I guess. It becomes your career. <laughs> 
I think it's a, it's funny as well because I feel like like everybody should start that way. Like I, I feel like if you if you go into it and be like, right, I'm doing this not to have fun, not to enjoy myself, but to be a YouTuber, you, you're never going to do it because at the end of the day, you've got to enjoy what you make. It's got to be something that you love and you and you you do for it you know it's, it's yeah. why we just chat about the uk scene for no for some random reason you know every week you know it's just yeah. just because we enjoy it number one thing i would say for any kind of like self-employed or freelance thing is passion 100 percent. so uh if you're not motivated yeah, if 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 it's not something you really enjoy doing, you just won't stick to it. You won't do it. You won't do what's necessary because it's so hard to really force yourself to, uh, to yeah, to do what you need to do to like grow a channel, to be consistent, all that kind of stuff. But if you're passionate about it and you enjoy it, you just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't even think about it. But I've noticed that as as time's gone on for me, you know, as you say, starting in 2012 which is bloody hell almost a decade ago now. That's <laughs> madness. But yeah, like I loved it back then. It was great. And, um, but you know, now as I've been playing league for like 10 years, I guess, and I'm doing YouTube and streaming for a long ass time as well. It is sometimes I'm just like, I really can't be asked to play league today. I don't want to play league today or I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And then I just found myself it's just even though I'm doing the same thing, it's a whole other dynamic, and I really had to like force myself to do stuff. But then mm-hmm. it just, it was just, it, it, yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't bringing me that much happiness. But I mean, it was, it was, it was still, it was still like I still enjoyed doing it. It's more like breaking the inertia of like actually forcing myself to sit down and press record or sit down and plan things out and that kind of stuff. And I'm doing it. I'm still enjoying it, and you know, I don't wish i was doing something else but it is also what really really drew me to casting um was just you know i took a break uh from streaming because i was doing eu masters this was last spring so about a year ago now actually and uh you know i had like a week or two like off streaming so to speak just to do the um just do e masters and i was like i just love this too much and it ruined streaming for me because then when i tried to come back <laughs> I was like, yeah, this isn't giving me the same same jam, you know? And so, yeah, then I was just really quite dedicated to trying to make casting happen. And uh, now I've been given another shot to mm-hmm. to do ADC stuff. So I'm very fortunate for that. Yeah, so good. And um, just to go back onto the YouTube thing just um, for a second, because one thing like I noticed when I was like looking at, um, kind of just like going through some of your older videos and how you started, it was like... All- and kind of still is really like educational stuff um but you kind of get you kind of see like the the bigger league youtubers these days it's like pretty much all just like stream highlights or like pro players just yeah streaming pay someone to edit their highlights uh, or tyler one doing it and like people like that um what what do you think that do you do you have any idea sort of why it ended up veering towards that or is it just maybe kind of a bit easier to do that kind of thing because yep. it's, um, it's just it's yeah, just it business, be, man. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like if you can put in so so stream highlights are just double dipping. It's it's normally that comes from like full time streamers who then are like, yo, I'm now going to earn even more money from streaming by uploading my highlights onto YouTube. And it's like if you can get, let's say, random numbers, but let's say you earn a hundred pounds for making a video, um, but you can pay someone like fifty quid to 
sort it all out for you. Well, that's all right. It's literally you're just printing 50 quid doing nothing <laughs> because you've already it's played the, the games when you're yeah. streaming. Yeah, exactly. Like it, and that's just really, really simple. Uh, outside of that, I think the algorithm on YouTube, I've, I've, yeah, that's always been really funky, like up and down because I remember, I think it was around 2015, um, when like the notification bell and stuff started coming in and they changed the algorithm so that essentially it made the kind of like clickbait videos more popular. Mm-hmm. YouTube really cared about whether or not people were clicking on your video. Um, and, you know, the more clickbait the thumbnail and the title was, the uh, more likely someone would click it. And then YouTube's like, that's a great video. People really like this. I'm going to show it to more people. And then, you know, that's how people just absolutely blew up like that. Like, Profresco would be the biggest one that comes to mind. And even like someone like Solar Next and Only, Red Mercy, uh, Bunny Foo Foo, these kind of people. There's just there's loads of them, honestly. That's so many of them that's still big now. You know, we're doing that kind of stuff and even still do. Um, and yeah, I just, for, for, for me specifically, I, I think there definitely wasn't like an even, even reward compared to time put into the, to the content. Mm-hmm. Now, some people are really salty about that. Some people are like, that's trash content. You're not even trying and you're getting all the views. And here I am making quality content and no one's watching. YouTube sucks. It's just like, I mean, you, you can be aggy about that if you want, but it's just how it works. Like if you look <laughs> at TV shows, what's the most popular TV show since the dawn of time? Like EastEnders. People watch that shit. You know, it's just how it is. And like, why are the Kardashians so popular? And why, you, you know, like, it's just how it is. That's just life. People just consume that kind of media. And, and then you can, you can, you can get on your high horse about it and pretend to be superior or you can just accept that's just how it is and people like what they like and they you know that's life so uh for me who are, i was on the on the side of putting more time into my content just wasn't worth it because people just weren't watching who's gonna who's gonna watch uh season seven lease in runes and masteries Compared to, oh my goodness, my Lee Sin did this in my game. I can't just write aloud. 10,000% yeah. IQ Lee Sin play. Like, yeah. I, I saw say. this and now I'm pregnant. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's obvious which one people are going to click more of. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I, yeah, that, I think that's just, yeah, people just want, people just make you money, you know, people want to grow on YouTube, they just play the game. And, and that's, that's how you play the game, really, is you just make that kind of content. So is it like, when that sort of change started happening that you started getting involved with streaming more or was that just something that you'd kind of always mm. done around the same time yeah i'd always so i think you know youtube and streaming do kind of go hand in hand to a certain extent um and i was always doing a bit of streaming i think it was like every other day i'd be streaming um, but i definitely wasn't full-time streaming i was i was more on full-time on youtube and then uh when was it i got i got a contract with facebook i think it was like 2018 i was with them for about like a year maybe a year and a half and that contract i mean mark zusterberg's bottomless wallet you know (laughs) as you can imagine so that that was like okay so i don't have to do youtube anymore i don't have to do anything anymore i just stream and then i'm sorted so then i i really tried out doing full-time streaming because i do as much, I, I, there are ben, there are benefits to doing YouTube over streaming, and there are benefits to doing streaming over YouTube. YouTube, you've got to plan your content out, you've got to like work on it, and it's kind of like writing a uh, 
it's like it's like uh, coursework whereas streaming is like an exam you know mm-hmm. um and i was always someone who preferred the exam to the coursework because coursework is homework and effort and whatever the exam you show up you sit your ass down <laughs> and you pray to god <laughs> you know and just hope everything goes well so i like that about streaming um but obviously on the other hand like youtube you can if your sleep schedule is absolutely mullered then at 4 a.m you can still work on a youtube video and just schedule it to release at, at human time whereas if if your sleep schedule is screwed on uh on streaming well you have a stream schedule you can't stream at 4 a.m no one's gonna, no one's awake <laughs> you know so anyway there, there, there are pros and cons and, and for me you know I, I i started doing the full-time streaming on facebook and then when i came off of facebook i still wanted to do full-time streaming but on twitch and uh yeah then i got into casting again and realized actually i, I am not this is not really where i want to be right now mm-hmm. and yeah so that's when i started transitioning more into casting yeah so i what... think um with, with casting is what what i find really interesting itself is that what kind of would you say that kind of casting kind of brought back kind of that passion kind of of league of legends and with kind of with with just the community in general because sometimes that i seem to find with a, with a lot of people who i know anyways that they'll they'll say that they've done something so long that they thought that the game was the problem when actually it was the way that they were kind of using the game and the content they were delivering from the game itself uh, it's just yeah. interesting to see kind of someone go again from kind of youtube to casting it and we see it a lot like in esports as well like you see kind of casters then become team managers and then become like you know owners of ceos yep. and everything you know it's esports especially seems to be the multiple roles around one game where normally it's not like that it's normally one role around multiple kind of sectors yeah no i think that's a good point and i think it's very true like league of legends is is the industry i guess and you can feel so many roles in that industry and yeah i think i am still very passionate about league um whenever i'm casting i'm like man i should really start playing solo queue again because i loved it when i was good at league i loved i loved the competitive side of league, of of solo queue queuing up and having like pro players on your team playing against pro players and just like that was great and then having pro players gas you up and stuff like that was always like i loved that i loved that so much um it just made yeah i just had loads of fun playing league when when it was like that and then, you know, it's putting more time into into YouTube and streaming, and I got pretty washed up. And because I'm, I'm just again, it's a passion thing, you know. Like if I was really, really passionate about wanting to get better, then I would do what was needed to get better, like mm-hmm. vod reviewing my games mm-hmm. or, you know, like limiting my champion pool and not playing Brand Jungle and not playing <laughs> first timing Viego in ranked, you know, but. <laughs> I just when I really think of it, it's like yeah I feel there's there's a there's a little thing there like almost like a little ember you know of me wanting to do that but it's not enough to catch fire but when I'm casting you know that's just that's just an inferno you know and and I just I love it I love casting and I I love that side of league and being able to kind of talk about it and break it down and I I love chatting shit I think that's one of the things that I <laughs> one of the skills that I developed very nicely. <laughs> as a YouTuber and as a streamer and be, I, I feel like in League of Legends casting, especially it's very analytical focused. So for me to bring the different style of casting, uh, I just love it. I love being able to do that. And I love, um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to doing more on C mm-hmm. this year. So when you started out, um, just even sort of here and there with ESL and the ESL Prem, was that, is that, well, how did that start really? Did they approach you or, or is that something you just kind of thought about doing and, and look to see, you know, where you could start? Yeah, it was, it was the latter. I think it was like, I think it was around 2017. I'm going to say, um, I just emailed the ESL guys and I was like, yo, if you ever need a caster, cause I was probably one of the biggest like UK content creators at the time. Um, I do educational stuff, seen that I could match really. I was like, oh, it'll be fine. I'll just go up there and whatever. And then they got back to me. I was like, yeah, actually we don't have anyone for this week. If you want to come on, you know, the, the guy this week's ill. So I was like, yeah, sure. So I'll go up and then just did it. And I had fun. And I remember, and then uh, they invited me back when whenever people uh, couldn't make it to the show. And I'd go and I had fun. And uh, then, it, so let's say that was like, I get my timeline a bit muddled. But then, then when like the next, say that was maybe spring and then in the summer, I started going up like every week. And I realized I was like, wait, I don't want to take someone's spot. Like I'm, I'm just going up here and I'm chatting shit. I don't want to like. This guy's been ill for a long time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, like is no one gonna check in on this guy or what? Like, and I'm just, I felt, yeah, I felt like I was just, yeah, like the, the, I was not a career caster. I was, I didn't see myself as a caster. I was like a special guest. I go up there and whatever, and then they're like, no, actually, I think you're one of the one of the better ones here. I was like, so cool. And then E-Masters came around, and I did that. And then Wright was like, oh, I think you're pretty cool as well. And then E-Masters came around, and I did that. And so it was really quite a quite a fast transition, honestly, from just going into content, into into casting. I never, I didn't think, you know, like I said, when, when I, I, I reached out, I got in touch with people, and I was just like, this would be fun. And then before I knew it, I was actually doing it properly. Mm-hmm. And what was that like then? Because, like, with well not not to sort of demean the uk players that obviously we we sit here and watch and talk about every week as well but with that then you went from like esl prem and then at eu masters it was like insect Froggen and and like forgiven oh god casting in the final was that do you, was it even any pressure was, or i don't even know man like that's <laughs> i remember I forgot that insect was it was it yeah, EU Masters. <laughs> funny, funny it story would. with that as well my um a, a friend of mine got because you see, like, Froggen was obviously in NA and then had come to mm-hmm. EU, I think, like, I think he had a split with no team. He came to EU and that was before EU Masters. And as he was um, climbing his account back up, uh, a friend of mine is in Platinum and got it, got him on his team while he was climbing up and lost the game with Froggen on his team. <laughs> which is he lost with Froggen on his team. That reminds me of another story. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you that in a bit after I've answered your question. But, uh, yeah, like, EU, EU Masters that year was I so okay so X, I know that expect was uh was on the team as well mm-hmm. expect spoke English from his time in EU playing with G2 and uh I told him to tell Insect that like I was a massive fanboy of Insect and he told him in Korean and Insect was like smile <laughs> thumbs up <laughs> I do I do remember that I remember casting a game of Insect I was like freaking out it's like this is insect right and 
he did the insect and i just mm. yelled out <laughs> i remember i just remember yelling it out like i didn't call the play i wasn't like i just proper i just went mad yeah i didn't i didn't really think of it as pressure necessarily because i've never i've never really i i had never put pressure on myself because still even at that point i didn't consider myself a caster i just went i went up to have fun where's the pressure you know i'm not a caster i'm just a youtuber coming here to chat shit <laughs> like there's no <laughs> pressure there and yeah like oh my goodness that, that was some some good memories though uh that 2018 e-masters that was a lot of fun mm-hmm. i think as well like e-masters was so, it's so different than what it is now like when it was first like a thing like you look mm. at it now and you look at e-masters you think like player development you know these are like the next stars well genuinely like you just had teams like this of just like yeah we're yep. just gonna do it <laughs> like let's just yeah. let's just have a go you know it was such a different ecosystem back then it's so weird to see you masters have this kind of change of like a ethos essentially for what it is now yeah yeah well even even the very next e masters which would be in 2018 summer mad lions won mm-hmm. and firstly mad lions in the adc now as an organization secondly the, the lineup was like whirlib top self-made jungle nemesis crown shot and oh goodness oh no a, a, a foul was it falco or something maybe i don't know um but there's a basically four of those guys then went into sk mm-hmm. uh actually sorry oh, ne- nemesis yeah, was yeah. yeah nemesis was fnatic but four of them were in adc three of them were in sk it's like yeah you do see a lot of every i reckon every single team has an ex eu masters player if, sorry and every adc team definitely um has at least one ex eu masters player i'm trying to think like you know Fnatic's got self-made. I don't know if G2 actually... I don't think G2 I think has... the only one, more or less. Yeah. yeah, they're probably the only one. But, you know, Rogue have always been dominant in EU Masters. Mm-hmm. And their academy system has always produced loads of talent. And just now, you know, they, they find... Ponen finally won in 2020 summer. So that was nice for them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, it is... It's crazy how much talent actually there is in, in EU Masters. Funny enough, Vitao as well was one who mm-hmm. uh, this year in 2020 last year i should say sorry in 2020 spring and summer i think he won with ldlc i think he was on ldlc when they won in mm-hmm. spring um but i remember watching him like he was mega hyped up coming into e masters like because there's so many regions as casters for the e masters broadcast we have to find out info from people who know a lot more than us because yeah. there's no way we can keep tabs on like 12 different regions mm-hmm. coming in like all the players everyone was hyping up Vitero everyone like he is like he is seven the 17 year old god in the mid lane and every time he was at e masters he was really bad in my opinion he was he was <laughs> underwhelming as hell it, maybe it's just because of the expectation that i had on him but he really didn't impress me and so then when i saw misfits picked him up in the off season i was like this is gonna be really interesting because he's so young i like it i like it overall because like anyone that young you can you can shape and mold if the talent's there i reckon you can make it happen but you know if if he was if he was just struggling on the big stage, bear in mind E Masters was still online. Yeah, it was online at that point. I don't know how he's gonna do in LEC, but hey, he definitely shut me up in that first game on Zoe. <laughs> but it did help when they when he was literally played his favorite champion. Yeah. Um, I think I think uh I think it was Megalodonis who tweeted that like his Zoe he's like not lost in Zoe. It was some ridiculous stat in like Zoe. It's like how did they not think of just even like potentially yep. banning it but then they didn't ban it in the in the next game as well i believe misfits and they didn't even pick it so 
I guess he didn't want to. He, he'd already had his highlight, and he was yeah. like, "Right, well, I'm not going to pick that 100% one again." Win rate, Woo. <laughs> <laughs> just leaves. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Well, then on the on the topic of the LEC, then so was it like was it obvious when you got given the the first chance on that broadcast? Because I remember when I'm pretty sure it was like while you Masters is still ongoing. Like I would see people on like I think it was like on Twitter and on the streams and stuff were basically saying for you to be on the lec and then once it was announced it's like okay there we go now we know he is uh yeah. was it did it seem as obvious for you or, or was that something that was arranged fairly early on mm, i don't think it was obvious to me uh <clears throat> i was getting a lot of love on like reddit and stuff like yeah. that because i think quickshot was on that e masters as well which i think made it like, yeah more it was the, yeah putting two two was. together yeah um I think Medic was on it as well, but maybe only for like the group stage or something like that. I think Quickshot joined later. I, I can't. I think it was something like that. Um, oh yeah, I actually remember Deficio was meant to be on it too, but he he they didn't bring him in in the end. So I was like, Deficio. <laughs> so obviously he's a big cheese back then. I mean, he still yeah. is, but do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, yeah. So I had some good casts and uh, had a lot of fun. <laughs> I still remember one of my lines from E Masters. This is the thing is I would make this up on the spot. Don't ask me where this comes <laughs> from. But uh I remember uh I don't even know the teams or who who did it, but it was an Orn. I remember it was an Orn. So so big team fight happens around Dragon. Orn's pushing top lane. He's got TP up, doesn't TP in, team loses 4v5. And I just, I just said, I'm glad nobody's asking on to pay respects because I don't think his F key is working. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and it was just like, I, I was just, that was, that was just the whole, that was the environment I was in. I was just chilled out. I was having yeah. fun. I was trying absolute bollocks. And it was, it was that, um, I think it had been mentioned to me that Quickshot, Quickshot said to me that, that the producers back in Berlin were like quite impressed. And then, uh, it was at the after party where I said to him, do you want to have a talk about things? Maybe we can do it. And he said, listen, I've got to go, but I'm going to make you an offer. I remember he said that. And I was like, yeah, no, it's, like movie, it's like a movie scene. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Camera that narrow. Like, yeah, like... Back alley somewhere. <laughs> Fun fact, actually, yeah, that after party as well, self-made, absolutely wankered, came up to me. <laughs> and said something like don't you know who i am or something and i was like no because <laughs> i didn't like I, at that point in time like you know he made top four but he he wasn't in the finals and i didn't know anything about you know yeah i didn't know anything about self-made or anyone really um and he was bragging about who, who's the best jungler in europe or something like that and i was like of course you are <laughs> you know it was sure mate and hey Fucking hell! Now well, he is the best jungler in Europe. So whatever, I can... yeah, yeah, give that, give that to him. On um, kind of going to to the current split, then obviously, like you, you're, well, you're part of the broadcast now, but I suppose with with Corona, can't quite get out there um, at the moment. But I just want to talk about just what we've at least seen the first couple of days. I think there's games going on right now, so obviously we can't talk about those and take those into account. Um, but being a jungler, I wanted to ask you. Um, what your thoughts are on Dan and, and what you've seen from him because he was one when it got announced there was like loads of trash talk about it on Reddit and then like everyone I feel like from the UK scene or people that followed the NLC knew that he yeah. well had obviously the total opposite opinion like we do as well thinking that 
you know, all of this is people just chatting rubbish and have never seen him play, really, other than maybe that one Rift Rivals game. Um, mm. So what what do you make of that signing? Do you see that it, that, sh- that should be a success? Or? Uh so to be to be totally honest, I think when I when I watch Dan play, he seems to always outpass the enemy junglers, and it's like when they when it's like a game of chess, he wins, you know. Um, and I always respected that about him watching him at like E Masters or watching him in the UK scene. Like he was he was quite clearly the better jungler, and his his passing was really good. But I never like when when he was playing on Fnatic Rising right mostly. So when 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 Fnatic, whenever Fnatic would have problems and they wouldn't be able to win, uh, that is a pretty big problem when you can't win. But <laughs> it's it's it, it was, you know, I Dan didn't seem like an impact player. You know, like he it didn't to me it didn't look like he's trying his hardest, but his team sucks. It, it wasn't like that, and I, I don't think he was like the worst performer. It's just like he didn't seem to like elevate his team necessarily. It'd be that X factor, give give his team that kind of like push and that kick to really succeed. But that's not necessarily like a. I don't really hold a fair criticism. I don't want to hold that against him necessarily because I think as a jungler, that's kind of expected. If your team's a little bit deflated, then it's kind of hard to stand out. I think mm-hmm. only the truly exceptional talents stand out as junglers when their team is bad. Uh, I can think of self-made off the top of my head, but outside of that, it's there are really not not a lot of junglers that look good when your team doesn't look good. So. Um, yeah, I always thought Dan hadn't quite wasn't quite able to take it to the next level, and I wanted to see because if he was in LEC, especially with the XL lineup, um, I think there's a lot of expectation or a lot of pressure on him uh, to perform because the rest of the XL lineups either either new like Checkerlad mm-hmm. and Cries is still pretty new, let's be real, um, or like you know Torres has can be hit and miss. Patrick's brilliant, but you know what I mean, like it's definitely a roster where you need us. You need to be a great player because you can't just rely on Patrick for the for the whole split. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I really, I'll be honest, like his Graves game, I was very, I just didn't like that because when he got two kills early, and Graves is a champion where you you sit in the driving seat as the jungler, and the meta right now is absolutely about doing that as well. And you you want to take the game on your back, and you want to be be the focus, you know. And for junglers like Tinks, who've come into the league, junglers like like Selfme, it's like the fifth time I said his name, but still he's just perfectly good <laughs> meta right now. Junglers like that, it's brilliant. And and then when when you get more like control style metas, those kind of players suck. You watch them and they're just they just because they just can't play a supporty style. Hmm. But right now, when you don't need to and you can be really greedy and you can be really selfish. Um, you know those players shine, and I think Dan is much more suited to the more control style, you know, where he can just out path, out pressure. Um, but I haven't really been, I haven't seen from him an ability to really, you know, be that be that for his team, and especially in the current meta, I don't think it really suits him either. So I'm, I don't want to like shit on him too much or just write him off or anything like that. But I, I think I'm a little bit on the middle as far as the mm-hmm. opinions of Dan go. I think it's uh, I think what's the most interesting thing with Danny is that I think we've always said this is that Danny's like he was one of the best facilitators I thought in, in ERL. It's like he's great at facilitating mm-hmm. the team and making that team I think look really, really good and kind of boosting that team. The issue is with that is that you've got to have a great team kind of around you and a team of like stars essentially. Mm-hmm. Um so 
I kind of hope that with kind of XL, like Young Buck brought um, Young Buck had obviously uh, dealt with him prior, and now he's got he's brought him into XL. So I'm wondering if they're wanting to work on a different style with Dan. I think if Dan can get kind of a little bit more aggressive and a, and a little bit more of that kind of kind of carry potential in like the long run, I think he's a really really good jungler, uh, like you know a really really good jungler in the LEC because we know that he can play these facilitators. It's just kind of needing that a little bit more aggression, I think, from him. But so it's, yeah. I, I, I always look at XL and, and I guess this is because the ethos and the kind of the branding that they always say is that they're a, they're a side that likes to develop talent. And, and maybe this is kind of one of those where they've brought him yeah. in to think, we want to kind of push him a different way. And I guess probably sticking him in, you know, back you know, in the academy team probably isn't going to work for Dan at this point. I think because he knows that he can kind of play to a level in the ERLs, but it, to actually push himself, he probably needs to be in the LEC. Mm -hmm. it, is, yep. it is very baptism by fire, though. I can completely agree. Do you yeah, I, think I, I... Okay. Sorry, go on. Oh, I was going to say, because um, I've seen him say, like, he had a few offers as well. So, you know, I don't know if he, he would have had tryouts or whatnot. It might be that he felt like he fitted best with the XL lineup or that they could help him sort of kick on. Uh, can only hope so. But, yeah, that win that they had yesterday, which was the, the first win, it wasn't really convincing to say the least so um no. i think yeah. they played g2 today right as well so that would be uh, yeah maybe more That's of like laugh. a more of like uh, yeah test to see what level they're actually at because one win one yeah. loss hasn't been you know like overly convincing so far yeah I, I, and i think dan needs just needs time as well just to really judge him mm -hmm. i think that i mean that's an obvious statement to say but anytime we've seen dan at the top flight he's you know well we've seen like what, once, twice. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, the the E Masters games, you only get a handful of those each year. So and just to stick with, with the squad. Some of them are with chips as well. So Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, you know, I just love to see what you can do over like a split or even a year. And I hope I hope they don't, you know, Excel doesn't give up on him or anything yeah. like that too early. Definitely. Um who do you see as like the some of the stronger teams at the moment then because like Fnatic it feels like have dropped off quite a bit like obviously they've lost Reckless and then they I don't know if you saw like on their before their game yesterday there was like the I think when, yeah they played Rogue yesterday and before the match there was like a video of how Bwipo was saying you know we're going to prove that we don't rely on that on Reckless anymore and all this and then they mm -hmm. kind of just got smacked and to be fair they yeah they they did at the moment look like they did rely on Reckless a bit um and just when you look at the lineup, it's like kind of hard to see who's going to be the, you know, like the star player other than maybe, well, self-made, I suppose. But um, yep. the rest doesn't kind of seem like they're on that level anymore. And to be fair, it looks more like Rogue would be the, the better chance of anyone challenging G2 right now. Yeah, for sure. At this or... point, at this point, definitely Rogue is the second best team from what we've seen so far in LEC. Um, yeah, the thing, it's interesting with Fnatic because you do lose, I think anytime you swap out, mid laner you lose a lot of like dynamic in a team um because i think mid lane tends to kind of set well the middle of the map you know they tend to be around a lot of stuff as far as uh early game strategy and, and that kind of thing so replay get, getting niski in i think stylistically by the way niski fits self-made quite well because I, I i view niski as more like a facilitating yeah. uh type mid laner and uh you know in this meta when you just want to give everything to self-made you can one million percent do that, and Niski can sort that out perfectly. But yeah, I think 
I think it's going to take a bit of time, but I, I do think Upset is a, is a good player. And my I, I still don't want to give up on Fnatic just yet. And I was watching Boypro's stream last night. And he said something like, um, "This big, the biggest problem is they played scrims." Or it almost felt like a bit of a backhanded comment. I'll be honest, but he said something <laughs> like, uh, uh, he, "He he he was under a certain impression from his scrims of what his role in the team should be, mm-hmm. and then from the stage games, he realized." that's not the case and he needs to put more he needs to be more front and center so reading between the lines there if you want to you know be a bit gritty about it we play great in scrims but on stage my team sucks <laughs> you know that but like but you know just in general i think i think that's i'm oversimplifying that a lot but either way mm-hmm. it's it's i think that's kind of the the idea is at this point yeah it does You've changed your mid laner. You've changed your your bot laner. How does your team? How is your team meant to play? How does your team function? And I think those are questions you just answer as, as the split goes on. Hopefully, they find the answers before it's too late. Mm-hmm. And I think there's one question that I kind of want to ask before we probably go into like the NLC. Um, is there any kind of like? I mean, I'm gonna say this because I, I, I and you obviously you can answer you can answer so you can say that you don't know. Um, is there any kind of UK players who you think are actually going to take the, the next step up? Because obviously we've just seen it with Dan. I think there's only one name which I can think of, but I don't want to say it yet in case it's the one which you say. Um, but <laughs> is there any kind of like actual UK talent you can kind of see thinking, you know, maybe not next split, but like the split after could potentially kind of go into a side? I think X Matty has the best chance. Yeah, that was that was the one I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, to be honest, though, like outside of that, uh, I mean, Deadly maybe is like up there as well. He's been knocking about the regional leagues for a while, though, and uh, <clears throat> he hasn't really. Yeah, I think I I, I kind of view X Matty quite similar to Dan. Actually, I think they look great on their teams, um, but I haven't really seen them mm-hmm. take the next step. Um, I think there's a couple of up and comers in the Spanish leagues. Well, Max Law and Kasing, I think. The name oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> keep your eyes on those. <laughs> mm, definitely, I um, think as well. I, though, though, um, yeah. I think as well with Xmatic going into the LFL, um, as much as we'd we'd love the NLC to be the best ERL, you look at that. You look at the LFL now, and it is yeah. stacked. And if Xmatic can do something in the LFL, I think that's that's probably the way he's going to get noticed. I think at this point now, because he's done, yeah. he, he did it at Fnatic. You know, he, I don't think anybody was ever at doubt of kind of X Matty's ability at Fnatic Rising, and I think yep. he kind of realised at this point, you know, either you know, I don't know, obviously, if it was Fnatic's choice or X Matty's choice, but uh, probably he thought, you know, the LFL is a big opportunity, and if you can make your name, we've seen the viewership in the LFL yeah. kind of explode. That's so mad. your name is getting out there at this point now, and and yeah, you know, it's a good side which he's got as well. Yep, mm-hmm. I think it's his best chance of moving up for sure. Yeah. And he's back with Targamus. So I, I loved X Matty with Targamus. I thought that was great. Well, um, let's maybe move on to the NLC then. Obviously, we just had the first week um, and you were on the, the cast, Foxtrot. Um, firstly, just, you know, on the, the kind of casting perspective, how was it? Was it, is it, do you notice like, is, do you notice it casting for different leagues or different tournaments? Is there ever like a big difference? Like they, even just how the atmosphere is or anything like that? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, um, so I was only on AD, mm-hmm. uh, and it, 
So I don't like doing AD. I'm not I'm not that good at AD in general. Um, it's never been my strong suit. Uh, but doing it online is really tough, actually, because it's it's surprising how much you rely on kind of like uh, in person. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like cues, mannerisms so. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So you can just tell when someone wants to talk, and you can tell like the flow of the conversation. It's a lot easier. But online it's really not easy to do that. So you have like a text channel where you'll, you'll type like uh, T for talk. <laughs> and that means that person wants to talk next. But it just, for me, that just keeps, that. it makes the flow of conversation quite, I don't want to say artificial, but it, it just, I guess there just isn't much of a flow. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, it's your turn now. Okay, now it's, you said you wanted to say something. It's your turn now. And, and I just think having a natural conversation, it's, it's really hard to do that. Uh, in an in an online setting so so there, there's that as my, my initial uh response but as far as far as like different broadcasts and stuff um i think it's kind of hard to answer because the nlc's talent i work with a lot at emasters as well so i'm definitely not unfamiliar with them uh and excuse me llc not nlc llc is there's a lot more like, I mean, they literally script out the entire show, not not the results, but they flesh out the entire, okay, we're going to talk about this now and this now and this now, and then, and then you rehearse it, and it's like, it's all on telestrators and stuff, like, so that's obviously very different. Um, and then, yeah, the, the NLC, it's like, call time is half four, and then at 4.35, you know, orcs pops in. I was like, "Sorry, I was taking a shit." <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, is that is that that kind of vibe? I like that honestly. Though, like, because it, because it is, you know, it's a small, it's a smaller scale operation, and it also, you know, we have I we have a flow of show. We have ideas what we want to talk about, but it keeps it natural. I personally, I personally like it when you don't over rehearse things because mm -hmm. I like, yeah, I just I just find it it, it allows more more, like organic conversation yeah. makes makes things feel less you know less rigid and stuff like that so it's, See, it's definitely I'd, a nice break i'd have i'd have anxiety me because i'd be like right i want to talk about this point that someone else is saying and then they'd switch point halfway through and i'd be like oh, i do not want to talk about i don't want to talk about that <laughs> yeah. one i don't know about that one and you've already like, oh, now. just gonna go back yeah. to <laughs> this <laughs> point yeah like... yeah i mean that happens you'd be surprised like <laughs> there's a point and you want to just like say something your thing in and then you know the host is like yeah that's really cool and uh so looking forward to the next game we go so Foxtrot, do you want to what do you think about that it's like oh. <laughs> I wasn't. yeah i feel i then... kind of feel especially for like a scoundrel because i being the host like you've got a he he's especially yep. kind of got to keep the flow going and you can t kind of tell sometimes it, and i suppose with it being online as well there's like a slight bit of a delay so he's kind of gives it a second to see if someone's going to maybe talk and then those are the worst and then the after he realized like, no one's going to talk now. he's got to think of <laughs> where to lead it yep. to and like yeah you're always talking over each other in that situation like it's just so this, that's what i mean you know i, I think yeah if, it, if you're in person you re very rarely get that okay. get those uh scenarios but it happens all the time online yeah mm-hmm well, let's, uh, let's maybe talk about some of the actual games and, and what we actually saw on the Rift, if you like. Uh, maybe just starting with, with Group A and then, and then we'll talk a bit about Group B afterwards. Um, mm -hmm. Just coming from Group A, one of obviously the, the kind of big big stories was Granite getting a win, which I suppose was kind of like against what anyone thought they might even do the whole 
the whole split, to be fair. Hey, we had faith in them. <laughs> we had complete yeah. faith in them. We didn't put them in oh, deep tier. I didn't, I didn't predict like. them, though, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we literally we did our tier list last week, and they were our one D tier team. And um, the, the coach, uh, Aragorn, I think his name was, like retweeted it about how everyone's either putting them D tier or just putting a, a separate tier of randoms just for them because literally no one knows who they even are. And then, yeah, yeah they come out, beat Godsent. Obviously, Sahira did that interview afterwards as well, popping off. Um, yeah. And they're basically like the new Godsent now. Like Everyone wrote them off and wrote them off. And then literally first week, they pick up a win and everyone's like, oh, okay, maybe they are actually half decent. But um, what do you make of it? Could that be a maybe a one-off that they just caught Godsent on an off day? Because I, I don't know. I think they, they played, wasn't it, Excel afterwards as well? And yeah. I don't think they the looked good because... against Excel as well. They they looked quite good at Excel yeah. for for a point. Yeah, I, the I, dragon, and then they just I, threw it. <laughs> I agree. No, for for a team for for a potential D tier slash random tier team, they played good against BT BT Excel for sure. Uh, it's it's really hard to say obviously just with like week one and everything, but yeah. I, you know I. I think Sahira is actually pretty good. I don't like the memes and stuff mm-hmm. because he is whatever and he did carry me in solo queue. Um, but legit, he was obviously very good versus Godsend and even against BTXL where he was put on a champion. He was, he was playing Victor, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't, you know, he showed he's not a one-trick. He did really well. And I honestly feel like he outperformed Hattricks at least most points of the game. Hattricks, you know, as the game went on, did some good shockwaves and stuff. But... Uh, I think Sahira was very comfortable, honestly, in uh, in that matchup. And I just think so. It's you got five teams in a group, right? In top four, <clears throat> go through to playoffs or some. Uh, yeah, you know. six teams in top four go through. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah, six. Teams in top four. Yeah, so uh, considering that, do I think they can be a top four team in Group A? You've got uh, BTXL, Tricked, Godsent, Granite, Dusty, and Nordavins, and I think. I think BCXL and Tricks look quite good, but I also think Granite can, can beat Tricked. I think Granite and Godsend are probably pretty equal. If anything, I'm, mm-hmm. I want to say I might give the edge to Godsend. I'm not sure if they'll lose again to Granite, but at the same time, it's kind of unfair to say that because Granite did beat them quite handily. I think they could come top four in that group, you know? Like, I don't, I don't think they're, uh, I don't think they're, amazing s tier mm. like gonna take the stage by storm or anything like that necessarily but honestly i yeah i'd be i was pretty i was pleasantly surprised and yeah. and as you said even in their loss they look pretty good so mm-hmm. i think a lot of people were surprised and i think that's what's good to see though it's good to see kind of a side who let's be honest like a lot of people had very little expectations of to win like the first game i think he's probably you know even more impressive it's kind of like immediately it's you know you're kind of proving the doubt is wrong but I think if there's one thing I kind of want to talk about in Group A, it's Nordovin. 0-2, yeah. This mm-hmm. Nordovin side should not be 0-2. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that twice now. as well. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think even just Chris Berg and Kerberos straight up should be able to like, pull something out there out, out of the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Berg's great. I, I really rate Kerb as well, especially in like ERL contexts mm-hmm. where games are quite scrappy and not as organized and you know curb, curb i played twitch rivals with curb and we I, I can't remember what what our total was it was maybe we were like four and two or something like that that's not easy going up against challenges like for, 
me i was playing mm. by the way <laughs> i was playing in that team and i think we had we had i watched them i think you had Yusa as well right and like Bizzleberry. yeah we had Yusa, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yusa, myself and i think it was vixie in mid i think uh to be fair i think bizzle and vixie are both kind of like d1 slash master tier levels um but still i think it's like challenges and stuff like that it's not easy but they're just he just he he's a confident player you know which i really like mm. if he's if he's feeling it he uh yeah and he doesn't tilt that's brilliant too but either way like i i think nordovin's like you say way better than zero two should be um at dusty i think looked pretty bad though to be perfectly honest i didn't mm-hmm. i don't think i'm not sure with dusty because i've i've thought like <laughs> legions was meant to be their mid laner um who was with him last year and then he didn't play and then um, I think he, I think they they had a sub. I think uh, yeah. just they had a sub. Legions was meant to be there. I think uh, it was like Southsea or something. Yeah, sub mid laner. I think though it's with Dusty though it's it's a little bit of a difficult one. So I'm like when Legions kind of comes in, hopefully we can see a little bit more of an improvement. Um, I I just want to take it back with kind of like what happened with Kerberos because I'm I'm someone who has like lauded the praise of Kerberos and Mummus. Like I love those two top laners. I think they're great, you know. But when I saw them locking Shen, I was like, "This is not, this is not what I kind of wanted to see from Kerberos." And so I actually kind of like took a little bit of less blame for him with the Shen. But then Wu Kong came in, and I was like, "I'll be." I feel like he should still be doing something with, with a little bit more with Wu Kong. And I, I felt like he, he really underperformed, especially against Trick. I think everybody kind of underperformed against Trick. Yeah, the one thing in the Tricks draft. Was I believe he had a Talia? Did he have, or was it Nidalee actually on his team in that game? I'd have to double check, but I I seem to remember thinking like, uh, and he was playing. Yeah, it was a Talia, a Talia in his team. Yeah. Who was he playing? Who was he up against? Was it Uh, Nar and Lilia? Yeah, right. So he was he picked Wukong into Nar, and the thing with Talia is like she's heavy impact early game champion, but you have to have setup for her. And how the shit do you gank a Nar with Wukong? Like he's standing, he, he's he's a range champion. Nar has zero ganks up until level six. Um, like, and the thing is, like, Nar should just absolutely body Wukong. I would imagine at least in lane because mm-hmm. Nar is Nar, right? Um, yeah, like, yeah. Even just thinking about it, if if Wukong Nimbus strikes in, if he if he jumps in, Nar jumps out, and if Wukong doesn't jump in, Nar just whacks him with his boomerang until Wukong has to recall. So that's like an impossible lane set. Uh, set up and and the Shen the Shen matchup as well. I can't specifically remember who was up against that time. I think that may that was Renekton. I think Renekton, uh, that maybe. was Renekton and Talia. Yeah, and Talia, Talia. Yeah. Okay. So Renekton. Yeah, Renekton Talia. <laughs> yeah. Have fun. Which, which I can't believe that. ever gets put like just in general. I can't believe I ever see a Renekton and Talia in the same team right now. Like that should never. That should not be allowed. Like, no, legit. It it is it is that is illegal by far. Like it's just. <laughs> They he was not set up for any kind of success yeah. in either of those games, and the Shen game looked about as tragic as you could have, could have expected. And uh, I think the Wukong game honestly was like a little bit better than I was expecting because I, I I think he had some pretty good trades into Nar and stuff. But either way, like I mean, I just think Curve had zero chance in those games to to have any kind of success, and that's that's a shame because. I think he's he's someone you can. I don't know if you necessarily need to play around him because I think he's a he's a, he's the kind of player you can just sack his lane and then he gets back into him and, and you know it would be fine. But I don't think 
you know, sh the, sh the Shen into Renekton, like, you're never going to be fine in that lane. Uh, like, even as the game goes on, right, we call Drink Renekton, like, you're not going to... It's not It's not the, like, split push threat that we know Curve can be. And same for Wukong to Nar, not really... I guess I could maybe get a bit easier for you, but still, it's just playing versus Talia as well. You can't split, perfect, split push versus Talia. She's got a role. <laughs> like, there's always that threat of the split push split push punish so yeah i just i just don't think ordering set him up very well yeah. just get him on yorick that's all that's all we need to do. <laughs> yeah <laughs> just let him carry on yorick yeah you could be 10k yep. down and he'll still try and go for the taken it's yeah, great it turrets, it? <laughs> yeah re rework kale as well get that old <laughs> kale back out there and sorted <laughs> and then i think kind of like one last thing with like group a for me was tricked i actually was really impressed with trick mm -hmm. we had him yep. We had them as like C tier because we were like, you know, they're they're not a bad side. You know, they'll they'll be competing for the playoffs. But I actually was was very impressed with how Trick kind of played overall as a team. I still <laughs> look at that team and I'm kind of like, I I don't think there's like a a major standout star. But then you've got a Chew, and I'm like, okay, he maybe he's yeah. proving me a little bit wrong because the Chew I think is developing so much. We saw it last year. There was a little bit of worry because we we had this thing called the the pad trifecta. And it was uh, a chew, soft, and pad because they have always been together. And, and that trifecta was broken, sadly. So I was like, what's a chew going to do now, kind of on his own? He's, he's been led out on his own. And, you know, I think he played very well both games, especially the second game against uh, against Nordvin. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to see kind of tricked push up. Arguably, I would say they looked better than what BT did in both of their games. I don't, I think yeah. BT were, were, were dominant to a point, but I also looked shaky. I think quite early on in in a couple of the, in their games, especially. I really agree. I think if Rome, okay, so Rome got fed in the first game, but even then they weren't using him well at all. No, yeah. they took top tower really early, and the problem with that was like now Renekton can't you can't threaten dives now. Mm -hmm. Shen is just perma safe, so now he's got to move out of top lane and go to do do stuff, but there was nothing for him to do. So he was literally. I, I was. I was just watching him run around the minimap. He was just. <laughs> he was making doing laps and just uh, doing absolutely nothing. Like, and it's not a flame on Aromi at all. Mm -hmm. It's just the problem. Like when you break top tower, the idea of rift hold. Like, I think it's completely wasted the Renex in there. But then, fortunately, uh, fortunately for them, who were they playing against? Was it Nordvin? Uh, yeah, it was Nordvin. Like yeah, BT yeah. seemed to just turn it around with like a couple team fights. Yeah, exactly. and both of those games, it was like they just had like a massive kind of defining team fight. And once it clicked, like they just carried on. But yeah, there was that synergy issue. I feel like at the beginning. No, I I agree. Like I I think they got for they did they did not look as convincing as Tricked. They could very easily have dropped uh, any of those games really, especially the first game. And I'm expecting so much more out of BTXL moving forward, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, let's maybe move on to Group B then. We can start with the other academy side, Fnatic, who... Um, it's kind of hard to judge, I suppose, obviously, without Pride playing. Um, and yeah. Was it Lindegaard is his name? The, the like 16-year-old ADC sub that's filling in for him. So the first loss to Browage, while, while you can maybe take it... With, you know a bit of a grain of salt that there was the sub but at the same time it didn't really like it wasn't like a top gap or anything like that they kind of got pretty oh i, I feel like there was a top gap i do feel like there was a little <laughs> bit of a top gap um but i, I understand, yeah. What, you're yeah. I understand yeah. what you're saying yeah yeah no i 
yeah like moose was was great um and that was a problem for for, for fanatic but they just got shot on everywhere really didn't they like it just wasn't it just wasn't close like it, i was not expecting a game like that at all and honestly a lot of credit to barrage because i i mean when you look when you look at that group there's a good chance you don't even see them making like not even a top four team really um on paper at least i would say well maybe that's maybe that's being harsh but either way like to beat fanatic in your first game of the season is really good mm-hmm. how long uh well because then second game was against cover i think um which they obviously won i suppose that was kind of like a lucky time for them to be to play against cover it was like a bit of a confidence booster um uh, one thing that was kind of interesting was so uh feb played oriana in that second game and mm. i think when excalibur interviewed him afterwards he kind of said like kind of asked him along the lines of like do you, you know do you feel like there's a point where you're gonna have to kind of like just pick someone to just smash the lane basically and actually just kind of bully the lane and show that you are that much better to get the lec chance again um and he kind of said he you know he had the the idea that it'd be better to kind of just play what is what is actually normal still and, and show that he's a team player because one thing that i remember with a uh, kind of an example it reminded me of was with leader who obviously still hadn't got an lec team i think it was an interview he did with thorin where um, he was talking about the the kind of view they have about him where he only plays assassins and he can't play the normal stuff and he kind of said oh well you know i can play the normal stuff but in the erls i don't have to it's easier to play the assassins yeah. and smash everyone um so i wonder kind of if if Febberven even kind of sees well, not necessarily saw that exact interview but kind of has has the impression you know maybe it is better even if i could win games more convincingly at least now i can show winning them the proper way if you like um that I am that, that LEC player. Do we, do we see him sticking around the the NLC for long, or could he uh, maybe nick Niski's place in a couple of weeks? Yeah, that's an interesting question because I think both of them are LEC level mids for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I reckon if Fnatic keeps looking shaky, Niski will probably be the first one to get swapped out. But I also I think that's mostly because Feathern is also extremely competent. Like, if only just to shake up the team a little bit, you know. And not 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 based on performance because I think Nisky has probably been one of Fnatic's best players in the first two games. I think he's he's done really well, but yeah, he's definitely not been the problem. Like one hundred percent, no, at all. Uh, so yeah, I think like it's a good question because Feveran is the best mid by far in NLC, I would say, um, but he's also got the toughest competition to, to get to the LEC because he's behind Nisky. So. I have to be, yeah, I really don't have any great insight on how that one will play out. But I do think, you know, this is the thing with Leader as well. Like, I actually watched that interview, which is kind of funny because I accidentally have prepped massively for this this show because I don't watch a lot of interviews at all. I just have to watch that one. <laughs> you know, I, Leader's always, people are always talking about Leader's Champion Pool. And it's almost like anytime you mention Leader's Champion Pool being like a Carly. Uh, you know, Yone, Yasuo, whatever, and then if everything's banned, he plays Echo. Um, and whenever you bring that up, it's an yeah, an immediate backlash of that's just narrative. He doesn't do that. That's not true. But it's like you literally look at his stats. You literally look at the game. <laughs> that is exactly what he does. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills whenever anyone mentions <laughs> that leader doesn't do that anymore. Leader's not that kind of champion. It's like. Yes, he is. Like he is that, <laughs> that kind of player. 
doesn't mean he can't play other stuff and make like as you say in the interview maybe he doesn't want to play that other stuff but even even on twitter like um he had like a 19 game lose streak or something like that yeah i saw that so what does he do to, to change it up he plays jungle fair enough yone jungle <laughs> two games in a row he wins them both but still it's like <laughs> you know like you're, you're... it's not the champions it's the role it's the role yeah it's the role i'm just like obviously he has he definitely has a preference i'm just yeah i think that Feathervan can play whatever the hell he wants uh even though his team looked absolutely awful in that first game he still had he, I think he had more damage than the rest of his team combined playing Lucian. <laughs> it was Lucian into set, so you know you do get a bit like fun damage stats that way. But either way, he was good, and in that Oriana game, he was good as well. And I, I think, I think honestly, Febbins type play, you can, he he'll just smurf on people regardless. You know, I think he can pick whatever he wants, and it'll be really really effective. Mm-hmm. And also as well, what what's like leader leader's a different type of player in this in the sense of where he is at his stage of his career to Febbins like. For me, like I think Febbin's been brought in to kind of bring, I think, a lot of leadership. I, I, I've I've always said that it's it's very similar to what Kasi, what happened with Kasing in XL in BTXL. It's like he's there, I think, to not only look good and, and be a very very solid option if things do go wrong in the LEC, but to you would hope potentially build these players and make these players around him even better, become better. He's he's clearly going to be someone who's got a lot of knowledge, you know, just the amount of experience which he's got there as well. So. Um, him then playing assassins for me then doesn't make any sense. Like, or him playing like you know just solo carry games because then what's the team around him really learning? Oh yeah, we're just not going to do much and we're just going to let Febbin win the game. You know, there's, there's a lot of development as well. It's an academy roster as well. You've got to yeah. people forget that sometimes. I think. True. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think honestly, if I was to kind of have to uh, be taken under wing from from anyone, I think Febbin's a really good one. I don't necessarily view Febvin as like, like a peak leader necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, not leader as in the guy we we're just talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but his attitude is just—I I think that's great. I think it's top class attitude. Even in that interview where that scoundrel had with him, he just seems very. Like, I th- I think he would foster a mistake-friendly environment. You know, not to say that. Well, I guess I guess it's just like if you're a rookie and you're nervous maybe, or if, if you're trying to learn and, and you, you don't want to mess up because you're trying to this is your this is your chance, this is <clears throat> you're kind of like you know, eyes are on you and you wanna advance your career and stuff. I think you nerves can get you. And I can't imagine being nervous playing behind Vevervan. Like not only have you got the reliability of having him on your team, but this guy does not look like he cares about much. Not not in a not in a bad way, but just like nothing gets to him. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you got if you run it down and won your games, it would just be like, ah, shit happens. <laughs> we'll go next and game. I feel like there's there's a good environment. It seems actually around Fnatic, and like I said, like you know, a lot of people look at it and think one on one. But obviously, I think with the change, you know, the changes that happened to go one on one is actually is quite good, really. Um, but I think what what I find um really interesting is that when Hianan, and this is no flame on Hianan, but when Hianan was subbed down uh, to be the sub for BT for, for BTXL, BT Excel Academy at that point, there was there was that essence that he just didn't want to be there. You know that he 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 kind of wanted to be LEC. He just kind of he he was kind of like like a shell of kind of a player of what I think he was. He he just kind of was going through the paces, going through the motions, and obviously you know that that 
next split, he left. You know, he, and he's, he's tried to work his way up since then. But Febervin feels like a little bit different. It does feel like he actually wants to at least achieve something a little bit more and kind of, you know, have a, a little bit more than just, I'm going to go straight back into LEC. I think that's his goal, obviously. But I think he also understands that now he can facilitate another role as well. Yeah. Let's see. Um, let's maybe look at a different team as well. See, one that's, um, I'd say probably the exceeded. Best What's that? The best because it's British. <laughs> yeah. Best exactly, yeah. The, the one team exceeding expectations is the one with three quarters of the British players, obviously, um, which is Singularity, which uh, that I'm hinting at there. So they went 2-0. Um, let me remind myself who they played. That was against uh, Riddle and Barrage. I suppose Riddle was one you would have probably expected them to beat on paper, but then Barrage had you know, just come off beating Fnatic. Um, and you thought would have had their uh, their tails up and then Singularity done them in. So I think the one thing, especially quite surprising to, from my point of view, was and something we, we talked about in our tier list was uh, how well Dragdar's played, I think. Um, when we talked about them in the tier list, he was kind of the one person we maybe had a bit of a question mark on having not played at this level, really. He played in the UKLC before the merger, but then that... Even that was with that demise roster that didn't turn out too well, and he played half the game support, um, and we weren't sure, you know, that whether he would cut it at this level. And he's looked at home; he, he doesn't look like he's out of his depth at all, and they've looked really good, I think. Yeah, I, I think I, I think Singularity kind of surprised me, all in all, um, and I also think they have one of the best top mids in NLC. I will say, I think Fury Wazor. Actually, really good. I really rate both those players. Um, but yeah, like you say, like Dragdar and Prosper, you know, Prosper has been around for for ages. And I remember him going to Korea to boot camp to get better, just you know, and he did great. And I think he honestly did improve a lot from that. And I, I'm definitely going to keep my eyes on them as 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 the seasons progress because I, if they are a weakness, they haven't been exploited yet. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're not a weakness, then holy shit, that's a great boss line. <laughs> yeah, Some it's solids. And I think as well, um, it's impressive to go deathless. Prosper, obviously deathless. Uh, mm-hmm. Nolte deathless as well. So it's like it's quite a good w- first first week for the for the two British players. And I think Nolte as well. I, I feel like what with all these players, I actually look at them and think, okay, these have stepped up. All of them have stepped up. Um, we look at Prosper just being on. Was it, I think it was like Nord of in Black in LLC Fall. And I think he even, he came on the podcast and he even said, like, it just wasn't good. It really just wasn't good. And and so to see him kind of have the performances which he's having now, you know, kind of coming back with a team. And, and it's interesting because I, I remember the comments that he said, and sometimes players will just say things, but Prosper said that the reason why he boot camped is because he had offers, but he wanted to make sure that when he comes back, it's with a team that he truly believes in and that he feels like could be the best team which he could go to. And... I don't know why, but I guess Team Singularity is the team which he, he actually believes in, whether that be Dragdar. Uh, I think Wazo uh, is looking so much better, was arguably, was at, you know, I believe he was at Team Singularity last split. So it's nice to see kind of him get a, another shot because they were absolutely terrible last split. Um, and then Nolte, I think we even said on the podcast last week, Nolte would not be the British jungler which I would have had in the NLC. It would have been soft. I would have gone soft over Nolte. So to see him step up and, and perform, there's nothing but praise I could say with all of them, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks like it's like uh, GM Prosper strikes again, really. Because I think it was in his, his interview, he was 
I, th- I don't remember the, what the exact question was, but it was along the lines of the roster building. And the way he kind of explained it just made me think, like, like with the Envision one last time, like, he's, Prosper's made this roster again. Because <laughs> it was saying, like, <laughs> he's saying, like, well, all you have to do really, like, you know, once you've got a jungler and a support and, and those guys all work together, then the mid and top, as long as they're good on their own, then it kind of fits into pretty pretty well usually. So we, we went and we got a good top laner, a good mid good mid, God, good mid laner, and it worked out. Um, and then I went and I actually checked on Teams in Clarity on Gamepedia and they don't have a GM. So I thought, okay, it does make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they do have Torek. Like, yeah. It's not like, you know, Torek, I like Torek, <laughs> rate Torek. So it's nice to see him, you know, kind of have this team. But uh, yeah, it really made me like question, I think, the the strength of both groups. Um, because I actually feel like Group A is very, um, it's more well-rounded than I think what Group B is. I think Group B, you've kind of, for me, got three strong sides in Fnatic Barrage and Team Singularity, where I feel like you've got a few more who could potentially, you know, go into a relegation battle, I think, in Group A. Obviously, we've still got, like, Granite. You've got Godsend. Even though Trick went 2-0, I'm not, like, I'm expecting Nordovin to be better than them. You know, that might be wrong. Um, and then you've got Dusty as well, where, for me, like, you you've kind of got Kova and right now, unfortunately for Kova, probably look like the worst side given how Granite have started off. Um, and then mm-hmm. again, Eminem, I'm not too sure of. The only one I'm a bit unsure of more is actually Riddle. I don't know kind of where Riddle's going to place in this group. That they they're a team which I believe that we ranked. I think it's like C or something like that because it's it's a side which I think is quite hard to judge. But I'm I'm really excited actually. I actually think that the 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 level. Um, is not as big as a drop off as what I was expecting from last split, um, sure. and and that's really that's really surprised me. And I'm really glad to have seen that actually. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I think with Group B as well, we said about the the strength of each. Is I think it's quite tricky at the moment, given that like so basically more or less all the teams except for Singularity and Cova went one one as well. So it is a bit obviously it's only week one anyway. So you know you could take things with a pinch of salt, but it is a bit tricky. I think it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, and yeah, like you say, the the kind of bottom three teams of of at least on paper, maybe of Eminem, Riddle, and Cover have yeah haven't looked like they got too much at the moment. I was kind of with Eminem's win because uh, one player we talked about last week was Air, mainly coming from like the UK angle of you know the last time we saw him in the UK, it was pretty awful. Uh, but that with that whole enclave zero seventeen, um, and in that win at least he looked really good. So you know, interesting to see how that plays out. I think. Was Air, Air's, um, yeah, Eminem has made that. Was he, it was that game versus Kova, right? Where Eminem were like mega winning and then very nearly lost. And Air was getting caught out left, right, and center. He was playing Oriana and he was just like, he was a magnet. He was dying over and over. I mean, not to be, not to be too rude to him, but that is like, you know, um, almost, <laughs> almost lost his team in the game there. Yeah, I remember that because I believe that I believe that they were win- they were quite comfortable, um, and then I think it went from like a two k gold lead to like Eminem to like a two k gold lead to to Kova quite late in the game yeah. as well. Um, I think if I I do want to shout out because I'm gonna try and do something where I kind of give a, a game which I actually enjoyed, not just kind of of the names involved. I really enjoyed Dusty Godsend. Um, I I thought that was one of my favorite games just because of Poor Zombie. Poor zombie right at the beginning in that uh, with the Mordekaiser getting absolutely mm. ganked and ganked and ganked. And then he finally got a, a one on, uh, I think it was a 2v1 and he got a one for one. 
And then it just yeah. suddenly switched. <laughs> and I was like, you know, third place to have the, the mental fortitude. I, he mu- I think he went like zero three. It must have been in like sub 10 minutes or something like yeah. that. They just kept pressuring him. So I, yeah, I really appreciate Talia, that. Game. Right? <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. It was so Again, Talia was set up like is pretty. I mean, you he has a target on his back the whole game <laughs> when you're playing Mordekaiser into that. But yeah, that, that also to turn this praise into a. It turns a positive moment into a negative one. That's like flax, flaxish for me. Um, I just he hasn't looked good, uh, and I think I was kind of expecting a bit more from him. Like he had, I think he started like two zero, and Camille was a really strong pick in the meta as well. And regardless of how the game went, I don't want to say it's like his fault they lost. Cause I don't think that's fair to say at all. Um, I would have expected a bit more out of him, considering how the early game went, but. But yeah, definitely fair props to uh, to Zombie because I, I mean, how he stayed connected in that game it was yeah. that's, that's 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 a struggle by itself. Let alone coming back into it and playing as well as he did. Because it remi- it reminded me of um, and this was in like Forge of Champions. This is such like a deep cut, and and I can't yeah. remember, but it was like an Azir top game, and I can't remember even who it was against. But they went like zero six in like twelve minutes or so because they just kept repeatedly getting ganked and i was like oh no it's not gonna be one of those because like you could see like the players like soul just getting crushed because at that point you're like what am i gonna do like there's nothing you could do mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you guys a secret <laughs> i uh i actually got banned for inting from a game like that <laughs> i was playing mordecai as the top and uh I was against Camille, actually, funny enough. I, th- I can't. I think the jungle was like Carter. It's not someone you really was, like expect as a, as a ganker, but I was all I filled for stars. I'm not a great top laner, and yeah, legit, I was just getting ganked and get. And then when I'd walk back into lane, he's there waiting in the bush. <laughs> it's like I'm either AFK, which not isn't going to work, or you know. And I was just. I'm sure there's a way to not feed my ass off here, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> and Legit, at the end of the game, I I got an automatic suspension for inting, <laughs> so I, I was <laughs> like, I swear down, I've never I've I've never been banned before ever. I'm not really that type of player. I did get a chat restriction once in like season four for like three games or something, but that's it. Apart from that, my record's squeaky clean. And so I asked, you know, being part of the league partner program, fortunately, <laughs> uh, I was like, is that, you know. Can you check? Like, am I actually gonna get banned? And he's like, "Oh, it's a false positive. We'll unban you." And I was like, "Okay, thank." <laughs> well, yeah, because if that, bad. well, we assume it's like, like high and that they can get get your LPP strict. Yeah, you, from that. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Did you had you thought maybe I don't tell them and see if hopefully they don't notice just in case? Well, the problem problem is as well. It was a league unlocked account. Sorry. Uh, yeah it wasn't my main account fortunately so i could have just swept it under the radar it wasn't even an account it was so i, I had like a main account i had an account i played on stream and then had this account which was one for me to try hard to practice off stream um and yeah pff, man, I, I, I gotta be more careful with how i practice <laughs> that was yeah Damn. um at that stage, I think let's uh, maybe we move on to some predictions as we start um, to wrap up the episode then. Um, and obviously, we've kind of spoken about the the key teams or the, the key highlights. So I think we'll just kind of whiz through most of them and just quickly give our thoughts. Um, starting on day one, we've got Kova against Riddle. Obviously, two sides we haven't seen you know a huge amount from just yet. Riddle, 
at least have a win. So um, purely just going off that pretty much, I'm I'm giving this one to Riddle. Is there anyone that would back Kova? Well, Foxtrot, if you thought Kova were going to beat Fnatic, then you should be all over this one. I mean, did you see Did you see how I predicted that? <laughs> I saw, was it Hit Brain, the, the screenshot of... Um... Someone ratted me out. Yeah, it was... It was uh... <laughs> So I didn't I didn't know the schedule for the day and I didn't have much long to throw my predictions in. And that's fine because I just predict random shit anyway. So <laughs> I I, I uh, insinuated from the other player, other uh, cast's predictions who was playing that day. So if someone had written like, you know, Singularity, Fnatic, Riddle, Kova, and then someone else had written, I don't know, four other teams, then I knew this team was playing that team, this team was playing that team. But no one had predicted whoever was against Fnatic, right? Everyone had predicted Fnatic for that game. So I just wrote down my predictions and then whoever is playing against Fnatic, I didn't know who it was. So I thought, hey, maybe we could have a, uh, maybe we could have some kind of comeback story, some kind of underdog. And then when the graphic pops up of who I'd actually backed, Kova, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I, thought, I thought maybe... Yeah, that wasn't too, bit much, too much. Bit too much. Too <laughs> much. That, yeah, that was too much. But you know, I think I think Riddle would take that one as well. I I have faith in in bravado. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Riddle. Love, love rap. Is that a joke? <laughs> is that true? Is that actually his name? Love rap. You're joking. <laughs> oh wow. That, no, he that said. Well, that's what he said on here. Name? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Probably not. <laughs> um. Lee, what's the uh, what's what's the current scores on the predictions from week one? Um, anyway? Or dare I ask? Because we were no, pretty bad. Let me. I'll quickly double check. Um, I'm fairly certain you're in the lead, though, Tom. I said. Oh well, yeah. Can you please announce them officially then? <laughs> uh, I, I think it's only just everyone did pretty poorly. To be fair, so we've got um, out of a possible twelve for twelve games, you and and guest who was Megalodontus for the first week. Um, I joined on seven out of twelve, and I got still six out of twelve. Still, so it's, still, it's poor. <laughs> it wasn't great from anyone, really. Um, but then you know, it's the first week. We give ourselves that one off because we've not seen anyone play. So how do you know who's going to be stronger? This is oh, the week yeah. where we go for twelve out of twelve. Um, so then, um, did you say riddle as well, Tom? I, I oh yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going to go Cova. Come on. <laughs> yeah. um, then after that, we got Eminem Barrage. Um, I'm going Barrage. I think on. On paper and from the eye test so far, I think Barrage looks stronger. Yeah. Um, I think that one's sh- that one should be pretty straightforward. Yeah, I'm gonna go Barrage as well. I think. How can I? Oh. <laughs> no, I'm going Eminem. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> how how could I go against Mummers? So I, I've got to I've got to yeah. go Barrage. <laughs> yeah, if we want him on the show, I've got to be I've got to keep being nice to him. Right? <laughs> um, and and I love I like Kievo. Uh, oh, uh, Foxtrot! I I do want to bring this up. So we we do a, a the for the end of the split, we'll do like a a predictions of what we in terms of like if we got every single prediction right, here's what the table looked like. And Ends mm. was my top tier. Uh, would have won the split <laughs> if it was just our predictions for me. I predicted them to win. I think like every game essentially. So I always thought, <laughs> oh yeah, they're the upset team, and it, yeah, it clearly okay. didn't work out that way. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> so I'm so I basically because there's no ends because they've got Kevin and Sefe now. I'm basically just probably going to do the same with Barrage at this point. <laughs> so Barrage. Cool. We'll see how it turns out then. Um, then after that, we've got um, top of the table singularity against Make the cool. Minnows, Fnatic Rising. 
Um, I'm going to go for a Fnatic upset on this one and, and then into <laughs> the, winners, the winning streak of, uh, of Singularity. But to be fair, you know, from the first week, it that doesn't look like an obvious result, I don't think. Um, is anyone anyone back in Singularity? Yeah, of course. F3 Brits. Sorry, Singularity. I, you know what? I I really wanted... To, this is the one well, no, I was like, oh, nobody's going to go for Singularity. So, I, yeah, I'll predict <laughs> Singularity. Because, because oh, if Pride is back, yeah, surely this he is, is a lot... Yeah, so this is a different fanatic rise than what we're seeing. I think, I think it was a two-game thing. I think he should be back this week. So, I'm gonna go Fnatic Rising. I feel I feel horrible, but you know <laughs> they're not the they're a Nordic org just because they got British players. Mm-hmm. You know where Fnatic is the British org technically. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I'm true, gonna true. I'm gonna go for Fnatic. Ju- cool. Just all right. And then uh, finishing off that day, uh, Granite against Dusty. Um, I've gone for Granite to keep. You know, to keep up their good form, they should be full of confidence still. Um, and to be yeah, fair, Dusty didn't look amazing, so I think that one's not not too mad. Tom, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Dusty because hopefully Legions is back. And I I, I did this with Godsent last split because I was like, oh yeah, they won again, but that doesn't mean they're gonna want the next one. And they kept doing that. <laughs> but I, I I don't know. I feel like. Is it just the kind of a thing of where they've just got that early synergy or they've just got kind of that, that early momentum, kind of, you know, a lot of underdog power, essentially, where they just want to prove people wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, and are Dusty gonna, just going to be a little bit better? Because I do think, actually, if I look at, like, player by player, I do think Dusty is better, in my opinion. So I am mm-hmm. going to go Dusty. Fair enough. And then um, on day two, then we've got Godsent against. Oh, Scott, what what are you going for? Are you going for for Granite? Uh, granite. He's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. The smart choice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then starting day two, then we've got Godsent against Nordavind. Um, I'm I've gone for Nordavind. Like we said earlier, like obviously on paper they are a pretty strong team, and you'd expect that you know the the weak mon form isn't going to keep up too much longer, um, or at least they should improve. And yeah, I think even. Um, if they're not firing on all cylinders, I I think they should have enough about them to beat Godsent, to be fair. Yeah, I'm going to go with Nordavind as well there. I've got faith in them. I, uh, I think, I feel like it'd be so bad for the league if Nordavind go 0-3. I, I, <laughs> I want to see a good Nordavind. I think that's the issue. Is that I feel like this this, this team can do really well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, please. Nordavind. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, then Tricked versus BTXL. Tricked, obviously, like we were saying, looked like looked pretty decent and arguably looked sort of on Excel's level. Obviously, they didn't play each other, but from their respective matches. Uh, yeah. I'm just going for points, I'm, so I'm still going for Excel anyway. But um, if I'm, going, I'm going Tricked for sure. <laughs> yeah. Nice one. I've got, I'm a feeling, a, I've got a feeling. I'm also going to go for Tricked. Um, and this is a legitimate reason. I, I, I genuinely am just really impressed with how Tricked are as a team. Um, and, and this could be one of the games where it actually kind of sees, well, where's the level of tricks and, and what's going to yeah. happen? Um, yeah. I, I I feel like if BT make those same early mistakes and, you know, which they've done in the other two games, are tricks going to be a team to kind of let them off the leash? I, I don't think so right now. So that's why I'm going for them. But I'm make, I might be making it easy for you here, Lee, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> this is going perfect so far. I'm going to make up loads of points. Um, and then after that, we've got Barrage against Clover. I think that 
That one's a bit more one-sided, surely. You're not going to troll this one, Tom. Barrage, surely. Yeah. I'm calling Barrage there as well. But, but Foxshop, if you want to take over, we're more than happy for you to do so. I mean, You've got to keep some credibility, right. surely. No, 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 I won't do it. <laughs> I won't do it. I'll stick to Brudge. Um, and then we've got Singularity against Eminem. Uh, Singularity. Yeah, I think that was a, a, a fairly straightforward one as well. Tom, any difference? Uh, yeah, Singularity. I can't, I can't say... Imagine if I'm like, yeah, no, Team Singularity, the, the, the pseudo-British org is going to go 0-2 in week two. <laughs> like, yeah. British <laughs> British Twitter would have my head. Like... <laughs> and then uh, starting day three, then Riddle against Fnatic. I've gone Fnatic. Like we said, obviously Fnatic. Riddle haven't. Yeah, Riddle haven't looked great. So yeah, I've gone. So many games. You you are. It's funny because like, what are they? They've added like what two games? Is it in total? So in. It feels like cause it was ten games. Was it last split? And now it's twelve. No, I think it was eight before. So it's still. I'm it's pretty sure it's still four games a day. Yeah. So we've gone from eight to twelve a week. So many games. So many games. <laughs> I didn't realize how many games there are each week. Now. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And, yeah. And Hipperine as well casts UK. LC. Uh, UK EL or UK. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um. So he for like five days out of seven, he's casting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many games a week he does, but. Know. Yeah. It's a lot, lot of games. It's a lot. It's of a lot games. of prep as well. That's a lot of prep to do. Yeah. Fortunately, he's play by play, so he just shouts about what's happening <laughs> on the screen, and then <laughs> yeah. True. Um, but yeah, just finishing off uh, the week then. So three more games for us to quickly whiz through. Uh, Godsent against Tricked. I've gone Tricked. I think Tricked looked better so far. Yeah, Tricked. Yeah. I'll, all right, I'll go Godsent. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Got to throw a couple in there. Um, Nordwind against Granite after that. This is where I, I've... You say granite. Go Granite. Come on, go I'm Granite. Going. I know you want to go Granite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've looked better so far. Um, I've gone Nordwind because, I don't know, I can't see it. Not that Granite are going to not keep up a good bit of form, but then I, I think it'd be more Nordwind kind of coming around. Um, but yeah. On, on I'm going to go Nordwind. Nordwind yeah. as well. Like, ah... Uh... I don't know. My heart wants to pick granite, though. But my head is like, please, can we have a good Nordavin this week? Yeah. We'll see. It should be an interesting one. And then, very last one, we've got Dusty against XL. I've got XL. I think this is a bit more straightforward one as well. Yeah. Um, unless? No? Okay. So, um, that wraps up the games then. Um, and that more or less brings a close to the episode. Is there any, any final topics? Anyone, anyone had something on their mind? I think... Uh... Uh... Yeah, well, I have the important topic of what's for dinner, lads, because I'm quite hungry. I know I'm going to have some spaghetti. So what are you guys having for dinner? Or I'm having a, uh, a salmon fish, like fish cake thing mm, um, nice. with hopefully chips. I want <laughs> chips, but I'll probably have salad. Would be the <laughs> <thing> <laughs> I'm, I'm not really sure. Like my, um, my missus is Spanish and we've kind of got into more of like the like the continental thing of like having a bigger lunch and then a, something lighter in the uh, afternoon. So we had, we had lasagna before the episode. So it'd be something lighter, maybe even, I don't know, some biscuits or something, just a, a little kind of like tea snack. But no rich teas. Definitely yeah, not that... rich teas. <laughs> Definitely not. Actually, uh, just a little side story. We went to, to Lidl's yesterday and the Lidl's like coupon app that has like some weekly rewards or like weekly deals. And it was on all of their knockoff uh, biscuits 
So we got like six or seven different types of biscuits, no rich teas in sight. And they never <laughs> will be because they're rubbish. We went to when I went to when I went to Audi today, um, there was loads of bread, but no Hovis fifty fifty. I was absolutely oh, wow. gutted. My favourite bread. So <laughs> isn't that bread for yeah. like twelve year olds? It just what? Their there is trying nothing to get wrong with Hovis fifty fifty. Yeah, crusts off as well. <laughs> no crusts were on. I'm not. I'm not a monster. I'm not a monster. Fair enough. All right then. Um, to finish up then, um, we are obviously hosted, as we can see, by the UKEL. So we'll just have a very brief look at the UKEL table. They've just finished off the first week. Um, I think you should be able to see that on the stream, if you can. That's That's gone okay. Um, so yeah, good starts from Demise, London and Nerd Rage, but all going 2-0. Struggling on the end of, uh, of Hive, Monster and Viperio from the first week, um, going 0-2. And, and then Lucendia Mythos there fighting right now for the last playoff place at 1-1. Um, I'd say the, the highlight for me of, of some of the games that I saw, there was a a Kaisa top from Sin on Demise Academy with TP and Flash. Uh, no, with, <laughs> no, not with TP. It was TP and Ignite, I think. Kamai's top that won the game. Um, so yeah, hopefully we see more of that in the next week. And, and uh, I think you've got to appreciate, you know, Nerd Rage looked like I said I said it to them. You know, they lost the promote they lost the promotion tournament to the UKLC, coming back with a vengeance, and it's, it <laughs> seems like they are at this point. Exactly. It's uh, very interesting to see Nerd Rage. I'm, I'm really excited to see how they do. But let's we're happy that Monster are in the league, you know, and let's hopefully that they do improve from <laughs> yeah. from an zero and two. It's, it's the least ideal start for them, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, give them credit for still being there so exactly and then we'll take a, just a very quick look at the upcoming games so uh this thursday we've got viperio against monster uh demise against london lucendi against hive and then finishing off with nerd rage against mythos um and that's this thursday from 6 p.m gmt and with that um yeah that pretty much wraps up the episode and i hope you, everyone enjoyed it um you can obviously see us here every sunday at 4 p.m for the live episodes and otherwise if you're watching later on either on youtube or, or spotify you can obviously follow there and watch as you always do as well and um yeah that's pretty much it thanks for watching oh and i, I can't believe that g2 lost today mental no like, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be out on monday isn't it so so at the other end oh g2 such a dominant victory today so just cut, cut that one in for me lee yeah, yeah, definitely. You could do. cool all right that'll do then see you later